Okay, ready? 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 Dexawa! Got it! Jesus Christ. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Coworkers Podcast. I'm Reagan. AKA Kanada. <laughs> and I'm Josh, AKA Tetsuo. For those of you unfamiliar, um, that is a reference to the wonderful Japanese animated movie Akira from the 90s, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. For, yep. And uh, going off of that, um, we're going to dive right into uh, some movies that we watched this week. Mm-hmm. So, Reagan, take it away. What did you watch this week? All right. So, so from maybe last Tuesday, which... Oh, last Tuesday was a tr- fucking tragedy for me. But going um uh, up to this Tuesday, I've seen Skyfall. Skyfall. <laughs> there it is, folks. There it is. I've seen Akira, of course. I've seen Love Simon. Mm, okay, okay. I've seen Training Day. So fucking that's a, good. That's a good so one. That's a good, good. one. <laughs> David Ayer. <laughs> we got we got uh, beef. We got a bone to pick with that guy in a second. Uh, the Matrix. All right, all right. He's so to fucking good too. So fucking good. And uh, I Tonya. Good one too. Mark Harvey's fucking great. Yeah. Uh, Batman v Superman. All right, we're going down a bit. <laughs> the 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 descent on the roller coaster. Uh, and Suicide Squad. This is like a ninety degree now. Yeah, yeah. We're, like, we're we're going we're straight go, we're, down. We are plummeting. But uh. But yeah, those are the films that I watched um, this past week. So out of all of them, which one do you think is the best, or maybe like the your favorite two Ooh, or three? Ooh, that's a good one. My favorite, or I think the one I had like the most like g- like fun like watching. Yeah, would have to be Training Day. Training Day. Training Day or The Matrix. Mm. One of those. I think I Tanya would be up there too. But yeah, it's it, a good one. I Tanya is a good, good one. Yeah. Did you see Terry Crews in the background of one of the scenes yeah, in uh, bro, Training Day? Bro, I fucking I, after I did a little research, I found out that's one of his like earliest roles. I, I think it's his first role, yeah. Jeez, because he was the, the bodyguard for um, uh, Denzel Washington's like um, uh, trailer or something like that. Like yeah. he was like standing around, yeah. and then um, Denzel Washington was just like, "Hey man, you want to be a part of the movie?" And bro, he just that's hella funny because like now he's known as the fucking white chicks guy. Yeah, and then he propelled himself to popularity yeah. through that role that's so, fu- that, that, that's so interesting how the world works yeah it is right? it really is um but yeah those are the films i watched uh the worst one i watched was fucking suicide squad oh it's it's funny that you're like the most fun you had is training day and the worst yeah. is another david Ex- Ayer movie. exactly fucking how, how did david Ayer go from writing training day and then he directed suicide squad Dude, it's. I mean, to be fair, there was a lot of studio meddling. Yeah. With Suicide Squad, it's a DC movie after all. Yeah, but but who fucking knows what the original product would have been it, at this point? The movie itself is like, it's kind of like one long trailer. The way it's cut and like presented, yeah. it's really yeah. like inconsistent in like all aspects. You know, we had a discussion today mm-hmm. about ratings on our movies that radically change because as we grow up or and as we mature. Our tastes in things change. Yeah. Suicide Squad is one of those examples. You know what I gave that fucking movie when um uh, when it first came out and I had first watched it? Uh-uh. Oh god, I'm gonna get crucified for this one. I gave it a seven. Josh, what the fuck? Yeah. Years later, it's just like a, a three. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I mean uh, it's that it's what we talked about that that initial like viewing. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's like when I watched it, I was like, oh, that was kind of fun, and I was like, seven, kind of fun. Like hell no, I, I went back and I rewatched it. I was like, <laughs> the fuck was I smoking? Yeah. I mean, yeah, man. I think the only thing holding that movie together for me was Margot Robbie, Will Smith, Viola Davis. And that's about it. That's you didn't the- like Jared Leto's Joker with the big ass damaged like plastered on his forehead. How how could I like him when he was barely in the movie, bro? He stole every scene. You didn't like the part when he was purring at the guy in the freezer. He's like, and there's another scene where he's like, "You don't want this beef. You don't want beef or some shit like that." It's I know a lot of the lines, and then when he's laughing, he's like, "Ah, ah, ah, <laughs> whatever, man." Yeah, Jared Leto's Joker. I'm not feeling it. Not I feeling it feeling at all. Anymore. It didn't help that in the Snyder cut of Justice League, oh, yeah, you didn't finish it, right? Huh? Did you finish it? I know. I I, I haven't finished Snyder. Do you cut know yet. about the his his famous line at the end of the movie? 
Wasn't it like we live in a society or some shit? No, no, no. There's oh, was it about like him doing something sexual with Batman? Oh shit. Okay, yeah. You're one? onto it. You're onto it. Uh, I don't want to say it out loud. Jesus Christ. I got you, bro. I got you, bro. Oh no. All right. This is my audition for Zack Snyder's next Joker. So he says, "I'm your best friend, Batman. Who's gonna give you a reach around?" <laughs> A reach around? The fuck? <laughs> and then at that point, Batman was like, If you betray me, I'm gonna fucking kill you. So, so bad. Thanks, Jared Leto. Thanks, Snyder. <laughs> Alright, anyways. Yeah. All that you aside. Didn't like, you didn't like the Oscar-worthy dialogue in Suicide Squad? No. This is Katana. <laughs> this is Katana. Her, her sword, sword traps, traps the, the souls of, of her enemies. <laughs> That's pretty good, both of us. That was pretty good. <laughs> okay, you know, I'm getting tired of this, this fucking Suicide Squad talk. It's kind of... I honestly think Suicide Squad is kind of, like, so bad it's funny. There's a lot of it really? that I think is really think funny. So? Fucking... Well, other than the fact that, like, it's barely watchable. You can't tell what the fuck is going on. Why is everything so dark? Dude, there's literally, there's literally a point where I was, like... I was watching the movie, uh-huh. right? And I thought I was paying attention to it. I was watching it, and I'm like... Oh, wait, I'm still watching this movie. How long am I in this? <laughs> Hour 24, bro. I was Fucked like, up. Ah, what? I have another like 40 minutes to go. Yep. Yep. Well, okay. Well, anyways, yeah, th- those are my thoughts on Suicide Squad or our thoughts. But what did you watch this week, Josh? What did I watch this week? Yeah. Um, well, unlike Reagan's large quantity of movies that he watched, I watched two. Mm-hmm. Well, at least that I could remember at this point. Mm-hmm. I watched Raya and the Last Dragon and ah. this movie on HBO Max that just came out called Those Who Want Me Dead. Those Who, Those wish, who me, wish Me Dead. Those Who Wish Me Dead with An- with Angelina Jolie. Mm-hmm. And Raya's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Thought, I thought Raya was pretty cool. I, thought I mean, the, I think I, I, I had warned you when I had when I had first watched it. Yeah. I told you that Raya is pretty cool. Like Like, it's a pretty good movie. But in terms of, like plot and like the, how the story progresses it's very bare bones it's really basic you know? it's pretty much like they wanted to speed run avatar and i know i know it's kind of like the the hot That's take heresy the heresy i'm gonna get canceled on twitter because like you compared it to avatar. I, I compared it to avatar when avatar is made by white people and raya is like heavily researched using like the asian experience and like all that mythology and whatnot i'm not saying it's bad it's it's okay it's a pretty good movie yeah it looks phenomenal oh yeah every pixar Absolutely. movie is it's not Pixar, them. by the way. Is it not Pixar? No, it's Walt Disney Animation Oh, whoopsies, Studios. my bad. Yeah. Every Disney movie is like a flex on like how good their technology is. Yeah. A lot of times when like, man, there was a there was a part at the end when it was like kind of sad. And then um, I think Raya was talking to um, uh, Sisu. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a close-up of Sisu. And then I paused the movie. And rather than like thinking about like the sad moment, I was like, holy shit, look at that fur. Mm-hmm. Look at that fucking hair. It looks nice. so good. There's so many like like textural stuff and yeah. i was just like what the f- how did they I, fucking do this dude, i think one thing for me what i really liked about it is like it, this was like a i don't even know if you can classify it as like a princess movie right? oh that is true yeah it, it's like a princess movie but it's not a musical yeah nobody it action busts in out it. yeah into song and dance and it's got it's got like cool action scenes too yeah it's and, cool. and that's why i think i liked it a lot more is because it was very different from what Disney usually does, especially with their like princess movies. Yeah, and I'm using air quotations with that. <laughs> but I really like the action sequences. You know, because like I mean, to be fair, we we've seen a little bit of action sequence from Disney, like with Mulan and stuff. But this one's fucking sick because what they did, which was really interesting, was they incorporated Filipino martial arts, mm. Eskrima. Yeah, and it, it's it's early on in the movie because she has two like Kali sticks. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. And, huh? Oh my god. It was so cool to see it animated. Mm-hmm. Dude. It was sick, and also that Pretty awesome. Spoilers, sorry for those of you who haven't watched it. Go watch it. But spoilers, there's a scene where she's in like that one the the, the snowy area, ah, right? and, yeah. and, and she fights Namari. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh-huh. And and the fighting style that Namari does is Muay Thai, so she uses a lot of elbows, a lot of knees. Yeah. And I was like, as someone who's like you know practicing Muay Thai right now and like learning, I'm like, yo, that's fucking sick. Like that's definitely fucking sick, and, and also the Southeast Asian representation. Yeah, it's fucking cool. Like, I, like I fucking love that. Mm-hmm. It's but, really nice. Yeah, it's um, um, 
overall, it's a good movie. I thought the the writing was kind of weird, uh, mainly because like, um, I had this thought that um, compared to like a prior recent Disney movie like Soul, Soul is a movie that is. It's a quote-unquote kids movie, but it has something that everybody could like latch onto or enjoy or like see. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like um, uh, more than the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. Raya, on the other hand, feels like it is solely a kids movie. Mm. That's how I like. Uh, well, kind let of. Me, uh, let, let me throw a question at you, Josh. What's up? So, so, so you so you describe it as more of a kids movie, right? Yeah. Now, would you say that kids move kid movies are like supposed to not be good or not have quality? Oh fuck no! Because it's meant for kids. No fuck no! I I hate that idea. I hate that idea that um uh, perpetrates a lot of studios' heads. That like, okay, we're gonna throw the biggest purveyor of this, uh, Illumination. Illumination makes like Despicable Me and Minions and a lot of like low tier stuff. They make loud, obnoxious kids movies because they think kids only want loud and obnoxious things yeah when you could have kids movies with more bite to it look at pixar look at yeah. the lego movie yeah look at into the spider-verse yeah, exactly it's, it doesn't treat kids like idiots exactly and you yeah. know it's like i'm not saying i'm not knocking down raya for like categorizing it as like just a kids movie it's just that compared to the grand scheme of other disney movies and whatnot it's a lot more simple and straightforward and to the point mm-hmm. and you know it's like it, it's 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 a fine lesson it's a cool like idea you know like yeah. i caught on to the whole unity thing as like you know as raya was going around to each location and gathering her band of misfits and like everybody working together it's like oh yeah. That this is a representation that everybody can work together, no matter their differences. It's cool. Did I want it to be the only lesson and have it repeated to me like so many times throughout the movie? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. Did I think Aquafina's uh, some of her dialogue was kind of weird and some of the humor didn't land for me? Yeah, I felt like when they first introduced Sisu, she was saying a bunch of like jokes that almost felt like meme humor. It was very like genie esque. Yeah, you know but like, mean? it didn't. It it lacked like um, uh, some sort of like cleverness to it. Like there yeah. was a there's a there's a line of dialogue I remember where she says, "Have you ever been in a group project that everybody does the work but you just deliver it and you get the same grade?" I was like, it, "It's kind of like a real world reference that kind of takes me out of the movie. Mm. It's not a." joke that is like catered for like the the atmosphere of mm-hmm. raya and also there's a scene where they talk about credit and i was like what the fuck is like is that something in this movie <laughs> Yo, that's just fucking sick i was like should, what I, I i got a little chuckle out of that yeah i thought it was funny like how out of place it is but then it kind of it kind of like made me like like tilt my head like oh i was like yeah. okay but yeah overall it's it's a beautiful it's, it's a beautiful movie that does its job yeah and i gave it like I gave it a six, which means I liked it. Nice. Okay, everyone? I liked it. <laughs> All right, what, so what do you think of Those Who Wish Me Dead? That shit was trash. <laughs> which I, I, I kind of want to see, like, to be honest. <laughs> it's yeah. fucking... Okay, so the director of the movie, Taylor Sheridan, um, he's been writing and directing for a little while now. You may know him for a little movie called Sicario. Mm. He wrote Sicario. Mm. This motherfucker wrote Sicario, and then he came out with this. But also, as a director, he's had two other Western-esque movies called Hell or High Water and Wind River. I have not seen Hell or High Water, but I have seen Wind River. It has Jeremy Renner and, and yeah. Elizabeth Olsen in it. Yeah. It's actually pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what happened Like in between all the movies where his quality and writing started to go down a bit. Okay. And it's represented the most in those who... Wish Me Dead. Wish Me Dead. See, I don't even know the fucking title of this movie. So the movie's about Angelina Jolie, and uh, she's a firefighter, and she has to help this kid escape assassins. And everything... Like, uh, some people were actually, like, commending the movie for being a very straightforward, almost 90s-esque, like, thriller. Mm-hmm. And I could see that, but, like, it just didn't work for me because I didn't think any of it was that exciting. I didn't really like Angelina Jolie's character. She wasn't all that interesting. 
and it's just like whatever and it's got some really corny dialogue got some weird dialogue it's got bland oh. cinematography yeah that's pretty much how i felt S- about speaking it speaking of corny dialogue that's not the only movie we watched that has corny dialogue mm. Wh- which we'll get to which we'll bit. get to shortly because i'm going to wrap up those who wish me dead by saying it's like a four maybe a three. Oh fuck it's not that it's it's an hour and 30 minutes and the whole time i was oh, just that's like a, that's an easy watch it's an easy watch it's not really a fun watch though all right i'll probably check it out later then uh yep now it's a good thing that we actually had a small little discussion on martial arts and raya because that's very true it leads into the movie that we will be discussing at length at nauseum uh today which is Mortal Kombat, the 2021 reboot, release, remake, whatever the fuck you want to call it, reinterpretation, Mortal Kombat, or how I like to call it, Moron Kombat. Now, Reagan, this is interesting because um, the dichotomy between me and you about this movie is that I've been playing Mortal Kombat since I was a wee lad, and you are unfamiliar uh, with, like... The game, the overall story. I, mean, I know some of the characters just because, you know, they're the characters. Just because they're pretty iconic. Yeah. They're the mascots. But I've never but, played the game. Yeah. That's uh, like anything further than that, you can't really, like, say you're a Mortal Kombat fan going yeah. into this, right? Yeah. So, um, going off of that, Reagan, what are your thoughts on the movie? Do you want to talk about some of the plot or do you just want to go into, like, a review? It's been a few weeks since people have. So, I'm oh, pretty oh, sure man, people man. have the chance. You know, to see it. Oh man, you know, I just wanted to have fun with this movie. Yeah, like truly, I just wanted to have fun. I wanted like more, kind of like the same feeling like Godzilla versus Kong. Yes, gave us yes. you know, and it, it's kind of like the same thing because I was a fan of like Godzilla and going into it like I thought that shit was funny. Yeah, uh, Mortal Kombat. I'm a fan of it, but. Eh. Results may vary. So, Ray, would you like to continue? Mortal Kombat was just grueling, dude. Like, in the beginning, like, the opening scene with Hiroyuki Sanada. Yeah. And him going against uh, uh, Sub-Zero. Yeah, Joe, Joe Tosla. That shit uh-huh. was sick. Yep, that was that shit good was stuff. Sick. Uh, and then it cuts to an MMA fight. With our movie original character, Cole Young. This character's not found in, yeah. in any of the games. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> And then, you know, it's it's about him, a down-on-his-luck MMA, MMA fighter. Amateur MMA fighter. Yeah, who's, like, you know, taking up fights last minute for scraps, you know. Trying to take care of who I thought was his sister at first. Yes, uh, yes. And it turns out it's his daughter because this guy, Cole Young, apparently is not young. <laughs> and um, apparently he used to be, like, a champion. But yeah, something, something happened like to where he's not like a champion anymore and... He, he doesn't believe in himself, and he's not a good fighter anymore, apparently. Yeah. And, and so, apparently, and he also he also has a weird birthmark. Yeah. And so the whole thing about this movie is that people with this weird birthmark that looks like a dragon are all being recruited. <laughs> Josh is convulsing. <laughs> They're all being recruited to join this tournament, which is... Yeah, so. it's, it's like... The, it, that's in the video game, right? Like a tournament? It is. This um, uh, The framework of the story for Mortal Kombat the movie takes directly from the first Mortal Kombat game, mm-hmm. which is um, the realms. Um, uh, there's uh, Outworld. The, the, yeah. the main one is that there's Outworld and there's Earthrealm. And the ruler of Outworld, Shao Kahn, who's not in the movie, by the way, um, holds this tournament where if he wins 10 times, he could take over Earthrealm. And uh-huh. now, Outworld has won nine tournaments. Uh-huh. So he has his lackey named Shang Tsung assemble like a group of fighters and they are going to Earthrealm to have the last Mortal Kombat. Uh-huh. So Earthrealm and the guardian of Earthrealm, Raiden, has to assemble his own band of hooligans to uh, come together and fight the people of Outworld and to mm. save the Earth. Mm. Yeah. Okay, anyways. Yeah, yeah, anyways. <laughs> so, uh, basically, uh, Cole Young, you know, he gets recruited by Jax. By this point, he's not really Jax. He's just a dude named, you know, he's just a dude, Jax. He's just an army dude named yeah. Jax. And so he's telling him, oh, yeah, I have to recruit you. But, of course, he's like, oh, no, that's not me. That's not what I do. You have the wrong guy. And but then, you got the tattoo. 
And <laughs> we're the same Cole Young. He pulls up his like tank top and he exposes like on his abdomen or something that like, he's got the same fucking <laughs> dragon stamp that they bought from Staples. Uh, anyways, yeah, that that happens. And then and then Sub Zero attacks them because he has to like go. He wants to go after them and kill them. So yeah, because they they're essentially trying to like cheat yeah. and like kill the um the people who possess the dragon tattoo, so yeah. they don't have that many people to fight against in yeah. the tournament. So Shang Tsung sends Sub Zero to Earth Realm to hunt down Cole and to kill him. Yeah. So Jax comes in in his SUV, saves Cole and his family, and as they're running away, Jax is like. I'll hold him off. So Cole Young takes the SUV and Jax chases Sub-Zero into a building. And they have a pretty decent fight. This is where I laughed out loud. Oh, really? I texted you. Remember I texted you? Yeah, you messaged me. You were like, yeah. bro, like, I just yeah. laughed out loud yeah. because of the movie. I was 30 minutes in. 30 okay. minutes in. And it was a scene where Jax was like, he was fighting Sub-Zero and he goes, I've done tor- two tours, motherfucker. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? I just started dying. I'm like, what the fuck? I don't think I don't think the the tours are gonna prepare you for a guy who could create ice out of his fucking hands. No, for real. And so he fights. He loses his arms because Sub Zero <laughs> like freezes it. his arms and explodes it because they're frozen. And so and you he just pushes him off a building. You know what's funny about that? Oh, he pushes him off a building. He bonks his head <laughs> on the concrete. The funny thing about Jax is that they've changed the lore on his arms so many times. Really? They've retconned it like. Um, in the beginning, he was, he already had a robot arms, like, when they first introduced him in, like, Mortal Kombat 2 or something like that. Mm. And then they rebooted the series, and he lost his arms to a sorcerer, who's not mm. in the movie. He's, he, he's in the game, though. He gets his arms blown off. And then in the Mortal Kombat movies, the original ones from the 90s, directed mm. by Paul W.S. Anderson, you know, amazing fellow. Yeah. Um, Sonya finds him in a lab just installing arms but the funny thing about it is that the arms aren't replacements they're sleeves okay I, like we we could talk about that another day yeah. but in yeah. this movie fucking sub zero blows yeah. off his arms so he blows him off his arms and then he Cole goes to meet Sonya Blade yes and Sonya Blade she doesn't have the mark that they have but she but she's she's served in the army with, with Jack. So that's how so that's she how she feels knows attached him. to him. And yeah. And so him out. And so she th- this is the big exposition dump where she tells Cole, this is what's going on. This is setting up the whole the rest of the movie. Yep. Every time Sonia is like present in the movie, she does an exposition. Yeah. Dump. This script is almost like it was written once. That's I can see it. that. Yeah, it was written once, and it it got sold to the studios or whatever. Point A and, to point B. Yeah, point A to point B up until release. Written once, performed once. It's like the director only got one take from each person. They're trying to speed run the and shooting I'm, process. It's it's so bad. It's funny so you say bad. that because this movie's been in development hell for a long time. It it's gotten actually like multiple iterations. Yeah, and it's like. One the the one thing that irks me about the movie is, for example, like a character will say something to set up something, right? So they'll set up something, then they pay it off, and then as they're paying it off, they come back to when they set to set it up. It's like, dude, you don't need to tell us that Jax is your friend because you've already told us that Jax is your friend. But re- audience, let me remind you, Jax is my friend. <laughs> I was that that happened like throughout the movie, and I was like, oh my god. And then, of course, it has all the corny dialogue, right? Yeah, has, uh, 90s schlock. We, we need to work together. We'll take them on together. We can do this, guys. Oh, my God. My goodness. And then when Cole goes to meet Sonya, they meet another wonderful character. They meet a character named Kano. See? Kano. Kano is good. Initially, I thought this dude, this this dude's pretty funny, you know. Yeah. But then, by the time they like went to the Raiden realm or whatever the fuck. Oh, like his temple. Yeah. Yeah, he started fucking annoying me, bro. Yeah. That shit it gets overbearing. Got fucking annoying, dude. It's like it's like it's like the director didn't know what to do with him, so he said, "Yeah, just say a bunch of bullshit, and we'll just throw it in the movie." Yeah, we'll, we'll call it a day. We'll call this improv. Yes, but but basically, uh, Sonya's Sonya Blade is like 
holding him hostage yeah because they're like tracking down like all these people with the tattoos yeah. and apparently yeah. kano has one yeah he, he well he i think he stole it or something some, some he killed like someone who had it so it transferred onto yeah, him yeah that's how they explained it which is all bullshit like yeah. that is not in the games we're gonna talk about that later but yeah, yeah. that's all some some pulling it out out of the ass out yeah. of the writing room ass and so 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 they're in sonya blade's hideout and um, Shao Kahn or whatever? No, someone else. Right? Oh no, Shang Tsung and um, yeah, Shang, uh, yeah. Shang Tsung is walking around uh, Outworld, and she's and he's talking to this female character named Melina, and they're like, "Oh, uh, we found the other fighters. Let's go send in Gogzorpazorp. Uh, yeah, yeah, Gazorpazorp, <laughs> some fucking lizard man. Yeah. So the thing about this lizard person is that there's a character in Mortal Kombat. His name's Reptile, mm-hmm. and he's a fan favorite, and when I had first seen the trailer and at the end, like Kano like sticks his hand through the lizard and like pulls out his heart. I thought that was reptile. And mm-hmm. I was like, Oh fuck me. This shit's going to be trash. Reptile looks awful. Mm-hmm. He looked like a big styrofoam suit in some of the shots. <laughs> oh no. But anyways, um, they send, um, Godzilla to, um, uh, attack yeah. the Sonya's a uh, hideout and they have this fight scene and then, Kano has a few one-liners. He pulls out the lizard's heart and says, Kano wins. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, he was his own announcer. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Um, and so and so that whole thing happens. Uh, Kano rips the reptile's heart out. Yeah. And he doesn't shut up about it. He goes, hey, I, I'm the one who ripped his heart out. I'm oh, yeah, he's the got blah, that blah, accent. Blah, blah, uh-huh. blah. And then eventually we get to a point where they're walking in a desert. I don't even know what happens. Oh, like, yeah. And- oh, you, you forgot about a very important um, uh, Chekhov's gun moment where they're outside talking and Kano's busy staring at a lawn gnome. Oh, yeah. And he spits on it, right? He spits on it and, and he's, he's like, like these hate- fucking things yeah. creep me out. <laughs> hey, that's set up right there. <laughs> that's, that's setting up something. That is textbook setup. Chekhov's gun first act. Well, yeah, now we got to wait for the third act to see how, how we <laughs> cash in. <laughs> they end up going to a desert and then they meet. Who, who do they meet? Oh, they le- they meet Liu Kang. Yeah, they meet Liu Kang. Who was the predominant protagonist of all the Mortal Kombat movies. Yeah, and, like, like he's like a firebender or something. Yeah, essentially. But he has like, fire magic, and he's really good at yeah. um, doing bicycle kicks. But, like, Ludi Lin's he, he didn't do it much for me. It was just, like... If anything, Ludi Lin is fucking ripped. No, yeah, he is. He's fucking yeah, just cut, like fucking bro. Power Rangers. Just like Power yeah. Rangers. But in this movie, like more yeah. so, dude. But it's like negative percentage body fat, bro. Yeah. It's like okay, yeah, he's here now. So because and, he, and like a lot of his lines are consisted of just like philosophical talks. Yeah, it's like like wise yeah. a it's wise like, fighter. Yeah, yeah, it's like Cole, you must be one with yourself or some shit mm-hmm. like that. And it's like you oh must connect Lord. with your inner self. Yeah, and so they they go to Raiden's like temple. Yeah, and that's where everybody's where, training. Yeah. And that's where they realize that they have to like activate this power in themselves. What the fuck is it called? <laughs> okay, okay. I don't know what the what I forgot what the name is, but they go to they go to Raiden's temple, and Raiden is like, "These are the people I have to work with. I have a washed up fighter and this like guy with a potty mouth and stuff like that, and Sonya who doesn't even have a mark." And he's like, "If you guys are ready." You must use this training ground to unlock your... I don't know what it is. I'm going to call it Chi. But he's okay. like, you got to unlock your Chi so you could, like, access some super secret power from your lineage. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, by the way, as they are um, uh, talking about the Chi, they find out that Jax is there. Mm-hmm. And he's being yeah. um, uh, medicated by the staff. Yep. At this fucking temple with no... Well, I was going to say no electricity, but Raiden conducts electricity. So I'm like, I guess they have something. And Jax, when they see him, he's got the tiniest fucking arms. He looks like a clown. <laughs> no, he looks like Groot in Guardians. Yeah. <laughs> when Gamora, like, cut his arms off. <laughs> so fucking disproportionate. So he's got these tiny arms. He's not He's not a fully evolved Jax. He's, he's like your starter Jax. He's like, he's like a Pokemon. And he's got to build up his okay. experience to evolve into oh, we'll a, get to that. a fucking... Oh, oh, yeah. I can't wait to talk about that <laughs> I can't wait to talk about that. So, but, but anyways, so now they're at the temple, and now they have to train. And then they meet another character. Named Kung Lao. Kung Lao. Which is... Which is uh, Liu Kang's cousin? Brother. It's like... Uh, brother. 
it's not a blood brother, but their ah, but their bond yeah, is so yeah. close that they call each other yeah, brothers. Yeah, yeah. yeah just, just you know, just, just, just like, like this, just, just like, like Toretto and, and Brian. Toretto. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. Anyways, but so they meet him, and his hat is a chainsaw or some shit. It's a blade. It's yeah, a blade. It's a, it's a it's magic a hat. Uh-huh. And so, uh, they're doing this whole thing where they're training Kano, Sonya Blade. Oh no, not not Sonya because she doesn't have the marks. So they yeah. Don't train so they they don't think she's worthy. Yeah. But they train Cole and they train Kano. Yep. Um. And then you 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 told me about this cool trivia. About, oh yeah, it's like a quirky um, little thing. Yeah. How um uh, as they're practicing like fighting and whatnot, like hand to hand combat, there's a part when Kung Lao does nothing but spam like a low sweep kick on Kano, mm-hmm. and he's doing that over and over and over again. He keeps on catching him, and it's funny because in the original Mortal Kombat games, like the first one. It was a valid strategy to do nothing but spam, like, low sweep kick in the corner against your opponent. And they have no way of retaliating. And it was just a, a funny little, like, visual nod, like, like a little gag. Because as he's doing the sweep kicks, like, Kano's like, oh, I got you figured out. So the moment he jumps, like, Kung Lao didn't, like, sweep kick him and just sweep kicks him again. And I'm like, all right, yeah, that's a funny little fighting game joke. Nice. And yeah. Um, yeah. And then they're basically training... And then there, there's a point where they're having dinner, and <laughs> what what was what's his name again? The guy with the chainsaw hat, Sorry, Kung Lao. Kung Lao. Where Kung Lao and Liu Kang are like, they're they're like poking like Kano's buttons. Yeah. And Kano's like, eh, don't you know who I am? Eh, yeah, I'm this, the part of the I'm Black Dragon Con. Dragon. He throws a hissy fit. Yeah, he throws a fucking hissy fit, and then his eyes starts glowing, and it turns out he can shoot lasers out of his eyes. Yeah, his his chi power is um uh, he can shoot lasers out of his eye, which is bullshit. Because in the original Mortal Kombat games, in any Mortal Kombat game, Kano's eye laser is a robot attachment to his head. It's a robotic attachment to his head. Oh fuck! Why the fuck does he just have magic powers to shoot it out of one eye? Well, they already have Jack, so they can't have two cyborg characters, obviously. We're talking about a movie. We're talking about a series of games where one of the main villains is trying to turn everybody into a robot. Oh. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, there it is. There's there's so much shit in Mortal Kombat. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. Kano's magic power is to shoot lasers. Yeah. And it's just magically through and his and, eye. And and now that he have the, he has these newfound powers, now he's, he's worthy. Yeah. Now he's just fucking speaking out of his fucking asshole because he won't shut the fuck up about how cool he is. Yeah. Because originally he was like, "Oh, it's like you just cast fireballs. Do you think I could cast fireballs too?" <laughs> and then, <laughs> fuck, where do we go from here? Oh, I'm you forgot to me. mention that um, uh, elsewhere in Outworld, Shang Tsung is assembling all of his uh his his goonies. He's got some big buff bald guy dude it's like they chose the weirdest like most obscure characters yeah, to be a part of yeah. his uh i didn't recognize any his of his group to so be honest. um the ones that are recognizable are shang sung uh sub-zero and yeah. melina yeah melina but the fact that melina exists is weird because she's based off of another character she's a clone of another character from the game's name kitana mm-hmm. and kitana's not in this movie mm-hmm. but they have like a little like easter egg for her it, it, it's her like fan blade it's like in the background yeah, of one of the I saw shots that. I saw that, yeah. so i'm like what the fuck why is this character in there but yeah. like anyways well, well like through, throughout the movie there are easter eggs to other characters right there's a lot like like there's that indigenous character indigenous like american character Right, he turns into a wolf or something. Oh, night wolf. Yeah, yeah is that they him? Yeah. they um talked about him. There's inside Raiden's temple. There's a lot of little like objects that yeah. like hint at other characters and whatnot. Yeah. At the beginning of the movie, in the um in Cole's MMA like gym, there's a poster for a Johnny Cage movie. Should have gotten to that later, but but anyways, anyways yeah. yeah. If you're if you're an eagle eyed viewer and you saw that in the beginning, yeah. then you would have noticed it. But um, but yeah, there's that. And then, so he's so he has he has those yeah, those he's, people. He, he's assembling his goonies. He's got he's got these two additional people, super niche characters. They've been in only like two Mortal Kombat games, and at this point, there's like fifteen. Yeah. So there's this guy named Jericho who is one of the most like uh, one of the most like generic character designs. He's just big bald dude with hammer. That's not even yeah. his hammer. Like what the fuck? Yeah. And then they have this Bat Girl named Nitara, who's mm-hmm. only in two games, and. Why? Why is yeah. she in this movie? Yeah. But there is a reason why. Yeah. Wait, I think, and then who's the robot guy? Cabal or Cable? 
Oh, there's Cabal. Yeah, How could Cabal. I forget? He's yeah. the other recognizable yeah. character. He's a pretty cool character. Yeah, I, I thought he was pretty cool. In the yeah, movie. I'm not gonna lie. He's the Flash. Yeah, <laughs> as I <enjoy. laughs> But but basically, he sends Cabal because he knows um, Kano. Kano. Yeah, and so he's he like, tries to get him to his side yeah. because he's like, oh, I don't care that. Cabal says, I don't care that you betrayed me. And you lit me on fire, so I have to wear this mask and be Bane for the rest of my life. I was born in the darkness. <laughs> but he's like, I got a great deal in Outworld. Yeah. If you come join us, if you lower this force field, then I'm, uh, <sighs> I'll let you join this side, and we could make hella money together. Essentially what he said. And then, of course, Kano being an idiot is like, fine, mate. I'll do like, it. <laughs> fucking do it, mate. So, and, then, and then, like, he, like, blasts, like, Raiden's staff or whatever. That yeah. was, like, kind of, like, the battery uh-huh. to, the, to the whole force field. He brings it down, and then... Shang Tsung comes in. Yeah. And then, uh, lo and behold, oh, he betrayed them. Okay. And then, big fighting. Big yeah. fighting starts happening. And then, uh, who, who is it? It's, uh... It's... Kung Lao? Oh, yeah, yeah. Versus... So then, there's the part when, um, Shang Tsung, like, comes out to the training area yeah. where they do all the fighting. And, um... People are kind of like portioned off into different fights. Like Sonya is busy fighting Melina, Kung Lao is fighting someone else, and Jax with his tiny Tyrannosaurus arms are is fighting um uh, Je- uh Raiko Jericho. I forgot what his Jericho. name is. Yeah, I, th- I think it's actually Raiko. I think oh, I got okay. it wrong. Whatever. I think I was thinking about Chris Jericho. Y two J Chris <laughs> Jericho. No, so okay. they're fighting, and then. Kung Lao comes in, and then Shang Tsung is like, Nitaro, fight this person. Nitaro comes in, swoops in. Kung Lao, like, kicks her in the head, throws his hat, hey, and it turns I'm into not gonna a lie, buzzsaw. That shit, that shit was badass, bro. That shit I'm is tight, because it's a direct reference to a fatality in the yeah. game, which is what he does. It's like, he yeah. throws the hat, and it's like a buzzsaw on the ground, yeah. and forces Nitaro to fly into it, and it splits her in half. Yeah. Ten seconds of Wait, screen th- time. Th- doesn't he say, like, he, like... Wipes his hat and he, he goes does like that all the time. victory. Or yeah, he's right? fuck. You're right. He totally says that. He he retracts his hat, does that cool little like wipe thing. He's like flawless victory. Five seconds later, Shang Tsung is like, "I fuck you." So he, he like fucking kills him. Yeah, then he's he says fuck you to Kung Lao. Like uses his telekinetic powers to pull him in and suck his soul out. He doesn't even say the iconic "Your soul is mine." And then Raiden is like. Raiden finally comes in and he's like, "Oh God, like we're gonna lose at this rate. Everybody, come here." So he takes all the people except for Kung Lao because he can't save him because we need stakes. We got, I guess, we gotta have stakes. Someone has to die. Even though he was like, to me, the most intriguing character, to me. And then Raiden is like, "Oh, I'm gonna teleport us to somewhere safe, which is called like the Void or something like that," which doesn't make any sense. Okay, this is when the movie completely starts to fall apart. Raiden can access this temporal world that is in between realms that only he has access to. So why not fucking have them train there? And if they ever need to eat, just teleport them back. Because apparently Raiden's got the power to fucking send people willy-nilly to wherever the fuck. So their plan ends up being... Raiden's like, alright, um... We are going to need to deal with all the fighters, so... We are going to, uh, one by one as a group, I, Raiden says this himself, I will teleport one of Shang Tsung's fighters to a location and teleport all of you guys at the same time so you can gang up on him. So if he could teleport the enemy too, what the fuck is their problems? <laughs> it's like, this, this power seems incredibly overpowered. So it's just like, it's a bunch of dumb shit happening. So then, at this point also, um, Cole decided to leave because he's like, Oh, I'm not worthy. Yeah. I'm just gonna go back to my family and live a nice family life. So at this point, he's back at home with his like uh, wife and kid, and then Raiden is like, "All right, we're gonna do this plan. Everybody, go off and do your thing," which doesn't happen because like they just kind of get portioned off into like different groups of like singular fights, mm-hmm. and then Shang Tsung sends um. Shang Tsung sends Goro to to fight Cole Young. The okay, if you didn't know, the the lore of Goro is that he's the prince of Outworld, and he is the reigning champion of Mortal Kombat. Because of him, Outworld has been able to consistently win every single Mortal Kombat like tournament. 
That's his big thing. That's why in the original game, he was the final boss. He's like this big menacing motherfucker with four arms. So Shang Tsung sends Goro to fight Cole Young at his, like, idyllic farmhouse. And then Goro comes in, he starts making a mess of everything, starts beating the shit out of Cole. And then he, like, punches his wife because his wife tried to, like, help him. And then Cole is like, no, don't touch my family. And then he unlocks his chi power, uh-huh. which is fucking dumb. Yeah. He gets some, like, stupid yeah, armor. He, he has armor, and, like, the power that it has is, like, Black Panther. It is, like, Black Panther. Yeah, where, that's exactly what I noticed. it builds up enough energy, and he, if you punch hard enough, it'll release that energy. Which makes him, like, nigh invincible. Too bad he doesn't use it often. He, he doesn't really use it often. He takes a few hits from Goro, and he makes Goro look like a Dad, chump. use your uppercut! Use the uppercut! Oh, my God. <sighs> And then he uses the uppercut. He uses the uppercut. And he defeats Slight Goro. reference to the game, too. He uppercuts him, and he takes these two new blades that he acquires from his armor and slices up Goro. It's yeah. fucking whack. And then from there, he meets with... Uh, he meets together, back together, with all the other fighters. Oh, no, no, sorry. I forgot to mention. Jack's fighting. So, so, so it's wasn't it like Jax and Sonya Blade? They were fighting, right? And then, like, what had happened... No, no, no. So, Sonya's not part of this. So, Jax gets sent off to, um... Uh, oh, yeah. The, what they, looks to they be... Were, they were just in the same area. Right? Yeah. Um, uh, so, Jax's locale, it looks like a level, like, one of the stages from Mortal Kombat. It's called The Pit. It's a pretty mm-hmm. iconic stage. It's, like, a single bridge with, yeah. like, an endless floor under them. Yeah. And Jax gets sent there to fight Chris Jericho. <laughs> With his big hammer. But at this uh-huh. point, Jax found his purpose in life and how he could rebuild himself. So Well well he fell in the pit with Sonya and with That was with, before. With, oh, that was before. Yeah, right, that yeah. was when he was still fight they were still fighting with Shang yeah, Tsung, yeah. like the first fight that they yeah. had to lose, you know? Yeah. And um Jax has like a newfound like lease on life. So it's represented in his <laughs> T Rex arms. And then like the fucking Transformers movie. Exactly like a Transformers His arm movie. Starts transforming and all, all the pieces just start, start like moving into moving, place. Just like Transformers. And then now he has these giant gorilla arms. <laughs> but but now they're kind of proportionate to, to a little the bit body. proportionate, yeah. thank God. And he uses them to fight uh Raiko. And then he just starts beating him up, the stupid schmuck, like nothing of a character, and then he claps his hands and smashes his head and he kills him. Do you remember if Jax ever says booyah. Oh, I thought that was a cyborg thing. I feel like Jax says it too. Right. Well, I don't know. Oh, and also Sonya earned her mark. Mark, and then she shows up next to Cole. Wait, you, you forgot? You forgot actually that how did she earn her mark? I forgot. Okay, okay, we're gonna talk about that. So Sonya gets sent off back to her base to fight Kano. That's right. <gasps> The payoff. The, the payoff. payoff. Okay, so Chekhov's gun rears yeah. its ugly fucking yeah. head in this so, scene. So, so she she gets sent back to the to her outhouse or whatever. Like, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean it like that. But like, <laughs> but like her like hiding spot or whatever. Yeah. Her... And and Kano's there too, and they're fighting. And when they're outside in the front porch, um, he he's like he ha- she he has her in like a chokehold or something. Yeah. And and the first thing that Sonya sees is the gnome. Okay. The yeah. lawn gnome, the same lawn gnome that that, that Kano, Kano spat on, on Spat on. Yeah. He grab. She grabs it, stabs him in his fucking like laser eye, and then he dies. And he dies. And she earns it. And then she comes back to where Cole and them are. Hold that thought. Okay. We gotta retract a little bit because oh, no. there is a particular part in that scene that pissed me off. Okay. There's a part where um, uh, it's a reference to the game where um, Sonya's one of Sonya's finishing moves is like a kiss of death where she pulls out this dust mm-hmm. and like blows it into the enemy's face. Mm-hmm. So Sonya like finds like some like flammable like dust or something, some like gunpowder or something. And she does that to Kano. And it gets in his eye and his eye starts sparking. Why? It's not robotic. Why the fuck was that in there? They established <laughs> that it's a magic eye. So why the fuck is this spark? Oh my god. So anyways, yeah. moving on. Kano's fucking dead. Yeah, he Kano's gets, fucking dead. Um, he gets money shot by, by the by the gnome. They all eventually come back. Oh, also, like Luke Kang's fight, I didn't remember it at all. So it's probably like an unforgettable fight. Like I, I don't know what the fuck happened. 
it, it is a forgettable yeah. fight. That right. shit ain't unforgettable. It's oh, yeah, easy right, to right. forget. My bad, my bad. So, um, Liu Kang, I think, is fighting a 2v1 with Melina and Cabal. Oh, that's right. And then, so he's fighting, and then um, as he's about to oh, get does killed... He, doesn't he, like, set fire? Yeah, we're, we're going to get to that. Yeah. So he's about to get killed by Molina, but thank God, Sonya took the portal just in time and used her special new power, which isn't established. Nope. Like, they don't show nope. her getting nope. it. not at all. It's like a wrist gun. Yeah. And she, like, shoots it through Molina. Molina's dead. One shot, one kill. Yeah, and there's, like, there's, like, there's a shot where you're looking through, like, the hole in, yeah, in her chest, Molina's in her, body. In Molina's body. Yeah. So then, like, Liu Kang also needs to deal with Cabal. So thank God... Like, thank God for this plot convenience where Raiden sent Luke Kang to fight Cabal in a place that has a pit of oil. <laughs> because Cabal's thing is that he runs fast, right? Yeah. I don't remember how Cabal gets in this situation, but he runs into the oil and he gets stuck. Yeah. <laughs> and he can't move. So Luke Kang uses his fatality where he summons the big iconic dragon and he lights and then he, like, eats cabal but it's also made of fire so it lights him on fire ironic because cabal is already burnt to a crisp so now boys extra well done and then that's the main brunt of the fighters um uh defeated and the reason why they wanted to portion them off and to like handle each of outworld's um uh lackeys one by one is because they believe sub-zero is the most capable fighter which yeah. he is yeah so how the fuck did did Cole get there again? He was just transported there. Was he just transported there? Yeah. Because um, Sub-Zero um, uh, holds Cole's family hostage. Yeah, in the gym. In the gym. Him. In the same gym that we saw him at in the beginning. So he freezes them and he like locks them in like this like ice block. And then he wants to have a one-on-one -on -one fight with Cole. And, and this he, is when it's revealed... Yeah. This is when it's revealed that um, uh, through the power of Cole's lineage and the fact that he is a descendant of Scorpion, uh, he is able to summon... My, my man's yawning. <laughs> yeah, I am. My He's God, because... He's able to summon a Scorpion from the Nether Realm, which is hell in Mortal Kombat. And then they have their last fight. Like, Scorpion says his thing. He says, get over get here. Get over here! <laughs> Not in a, in like a slightly Japanese accent, like no, it how was just it some other fucking dude that did it. Like how it would actually be accurate yeah. because Hiroyuki Sonata and um uh, as as a as a whole um uh, Hanzo Asashi, yeah. which is Scorpion's uh, character's name, yeah. is Japanese, so he doesn't know English. So of course there would be a Japanese accent, but whatever the fuck, they have a fight which is actually pretty cool. This movie's book ended by like no. the cool bits. No, for real, like <laughs> it was a cool fight with like. Uh, Cole Young, Scorpion, and Sub-Zero. It was cool, but it went on for way too fucking long. Like, the part when it was just Scorpion and Sub-Zero, and they were, like, doing a bunch of moves from the game, like, a lot of the moves that Scorp that Sub-Zero was doing, like, there's the part when they're, like, fighting, and then he, like, stabs him with, like, an icicle made out of his blood, and he mm -hmm. makes, like, a wall, and mm -hmm. he throws him through it. That is directly from Mortal Kombat 11. And it was pretty cool, and I was like, I I'm down. Yeah. And then... It goes on for a little too long. Cole Young has to step up to the plate and start um, fighting with his great-great-great-great-grandpa, uh, Scorpion. They beat the shit out of um, uh, Sub-Zero. They free Cole Young's family. And then Scorpion finally gets his revenge by taking off his mask and doing the iconic fire-breathing fatality to kill Sub-Zero. And... That wraps up the big conflict, and then sub and then Scorpion kind of fucks off because like he's uh, tied to the Nether Realm, which is lore yeah. accurate. Yeah, and then the, and then the movie ends with Cole in the same MMA gym, and the the guy who owns it is like, "Oh, where, where are you going you? out? Yeah, where yeah. you going out?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm going to Hollywood." And then Co the the guy who owns it is like, "Hollywood? Hollywood. Yeah, what's, what's there? there?" And then as he walks away, he walks past a poster, and on that poster it says Johnny Cage. Or whatever the fuck. Yep. So it looks like they're setting up Johnny Cage. He's like a, what, like a Hollywood, like a movie star? Or something? Yeah, he's actually like a a joke character that is inspired by John Claude Van Damme. Oh, nice. Yeah. And well, that's how that's, the movie ends. Uh, it Mortal ends with Kombat. the with the Mortal Kombat music. Mortal Kombat.
If you can't tell, Josh and I are kind of exhausted just talking about that. Yeah, I felt like I went ten rounds with this with this movie. But yeah. Anyways, uh, uh, I gave the movie a D. Give it a D, damn. Yeah, that's like one of the lowest ratings I've ever had. Holy shit. Well, no, 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 no. The second one, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I, got, I gave it a D. What'd you give it, Josh? I said, as a fan of the movie, it's like, as a fan of the games, it's like there are parts in it where I kind of had that Godzilla versus Kong feeling where I was like, yeah, like that happened. I was yeah. like, woo. I had a few of those moments, but none of them were like, as enjoyable or as funny as like Godzilla vs Kong, yeah. so I said in my rating that if you're a fan of the of the games and you're familiar with like the story and whatnot, just a little bit. That it's kind of like it's like a five, <laughs> but if you know nothing about it, it's a four. Uh-huh. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much how I felt about the movie. I think it's better than the so in the 90s they released two mortal yeah. kombat movies there's the original mortal kombat and mortal kombat annihilation yeah annihilation sucked ass you could go eat a big fat dick it's so horrendous it's got some of the best dialogue got some of the best effects you know how in Hausu, there's like there's kind of like a jankiness to the movie and like how they want to like key out certain like body parts for like special effects yeah. and you could kind of see like overlapping with like the foreground middle ground and whatnot it's a movie that's made in the 70s, and it's meant to give it, like, heart and whatnot. It's, like, yeah. it's kind of purposeful, given their technology and whatnot. It's a movie that's made in the 90s. It's got some of the worst green screen effects. It looks so funny. <laughs> I've seen clips. I've seen clips. And, yeah, this movie is at least better than that. And, uh... No, that's not really saying much. That's not really saying much. That's a really low bar. The bar is set, like, 10 feet under the ground in the dirt. But yeah, that's, and yeah, that's, that's that is Mortal our thoughts on Mortal Kombat. If you guys want to watch it, go ahead. It's on HBO Max. I think it's still on HBO Max. Yeah. Form your own opinions. Check it out. If you're, yeah. If you're going to have fun, you're going to have fun. But, um, and see. I think that just about wraps up the episode, huh? It's been 51 minutes. We just went on about Mortal Kombat. I can't believe we did this, Josh. I can't believe yeah. we were able to go on about Mortal Kombat. For so long. Yeah. I mean, like, there's a lot of dumb shit to talk about oh and there's a lot of things we left out too which i realized yeah 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 there is but i guess we can save the uh the whole uh martial arts movies conversation for another day oh yeah that's that's what we wanted to top off this episode with but it turns out mortal kombat took up a large chunk of the of the episode just like it took a large chunk of my life that i'll never get (laughs) that too um but uh, yeah um we hope you guys enjoyed this episode um, thank you guys so much for supporting us as always please go check us out on instagram at coworkers.podcast check us out on spotify anchor or youtube uh, be sure to give us any feedback on any of those platforms if you can yeah we appreciate all your support uh, i'm reagan i'm josh uh, later guys have a good night everyone <laughs>